Welcome to the Why Not Podcast with me, Chrissy Hawkins. In a world where everybody always asks you why, I'm here to ask why not. I'm going to do that by breaking down the mindsets of guests and my own to figure out what makes people say why not. Hi guys, welcome back to Why Not. So today we have a round two interview. So if you look back all the way back to episode 25 of the podcast, you will see our uh, episode with Keen O'Brien. So he is back to talk about more ways of keeping fitness simple. So I just want to say welcome back to the podcast, Keen. How are you? I'm very good, Chrissy. Thanks for having me back again. You can say the F in it as well. It is KFS. Keep it fucking simple. Uh, (laughs) Oh no, no, the curse is fine. Right. What are we talking about today, Keen? Uh, I think we're talking about probably the best form of exercise, maybe not exercise, but best form of physical activity that people are already really good at. They do it pretty much every single day, uh, but they don't realize how potent it can be. And that is walking. Yes, this is actually um, a really, really big thing. And I think people take it for granted quite a bit. And it's not just to do with your 10,000 steps. But what is it that you have found working with clients that like has made the big difference when it comes to walking? So I have this, uh, this is something that I've actually taken from, it started with this and I put it into my actual training as well with them. But it was a realization that 10 minutes is pretty much the perfect amount of time. If I ask if someone's busy, Chances are they can't do a 60-minute walk or a 30-minute walk. 20 minutes is even too much. But almost everybody can find 10 minutes in their day. It's 10 minutes. It's nothing. Um, so I came up with this. I don't even know if it's my idea. I probably stole it off someone. So if I stole it off you and you're listening, I'm sorry. But it's the idea of doing 10-minute walks. And I've never had anything. <laughs> I've never been met with as much resistance as I have with this concept of just doing a 10 minute walk every day, it's always, Oh, that's not long enough. And I'm like, that's the idea. Um, you've complained that uh, you don't have enough time to go on a longer walk or that you missed your walk yesterday. Cause you could only do 10 minutes. And it's not worth doing 10 minutes or, or that after walking for 30 minutes, you're sweaty and tired and you find that you get a slump after walking too far. And I was like, of course that's going to happen. You've like, uh, you've been more physically active for a prolonged period of time that is energy demanding and that's gonna like leave you in a hole no matter who you are if I go for an hour long walk I'm gonna get home and it's gonna sink into the couch so 10 minutes was the perfect time no you're right actually that reminds me when you're saying an hour long walk sinking into the couch you ever go for a walk you're like I'm just gonna walk to this point and when you're on the way back you're like why did I walk that far all of the time <laughs> it's not it's a nightmare yeah and um, you're knackered but like it's impossible nearly impossible to end up in that state after 10 minutes yeah and like the the other thing with the 10, 10 with the 10 minutes is that we're so myopic in our view that we just see that as 10 minutes we don't see that as 70 minutes across the course of the week mm-hmm. so if someone was to miss a day a week and i kind of account that i ca- i account for that so I'm like, this is an hour of extra physical activity a week, an hour of walking. So it's 7,000 steps, give or take. I don't know how many thousand steps the listeners will do in an hour, but I know for me, it's about 7,000 steps. It's an extra 7,000 steps a week. That compounds across the course of the year. 
and so on. And we don't really stop after 10 minutes either. Um, but the most important thing with the walk is giving it a place to live in your life so that you don't, don't need to worry when you're walking. Because if you know when you're walking, you know when you're not walking. You don't have to worry about walking when you're not walking, if that makes sense. Like, when yeah. do you, do you, uh, when do you feed the, uh, the horses? Oh, they have a schedule. They have to be fed at a certain time where they know all about it <laughs> or we know yeah. all about it. Yeah. So if we can get, if we can get people to make these connections, because they know that they do this in every other area of their life. So I know that uh, the first task I have to do coaching in the morning is check WhatsApp, check any notifications on the coaching app. And it, that's the first thing I do on my work day. But if I don't do it, then when am I going to do it? So it's the same thing with the walks. Yeah. So I recommend that most people do it when they wake up, like immediately, because they can get out of bed. They can put a timer on their phone for five minutes. The first time to do it, they can walk in one direction. As soon as that timer goes off, they can make a mental note of where that was. And then they just know that they walk to that point and walk back. Then the next day, maybe they go the other direction. And who knows, they might be lucky enough like me and they might have a very neatly uh, neat and convenient 10 minute loop so I wake up in the morning I get out of bed uh sorry I get out of bed toilet weigh myself uh and then I go out on my 10 minute walk I come back in um and I have my coffee I've made my coffee sorry before I go so my coffee has cooled down in that 10 minute period too got a multitask um you don't drink milk in your coffee I don't know. Uh, not in that coffee. Uh, it's weird. Like I'll drink any coffee. I'll drink sweet coffee. I'll drink black coffee. I'll drink any coffee. Um, but yeah, because it's done first thing in the morning. I can come in. I can have my coffee. I've started the day off with a walk. With a walk. So I've already won the day in a sense. And I don't like saying that saying that makes me cringe. Um, <laughs> but then I can come in and then I can shower. So you mm. don't need to shower to go out for a walk first thing in the morning. And um, if you're worried about getting sweaty or whatever first thing in the morning that worry is gone with the Irish weather as well. If you get wet and it's the first thing in the morning, you're going home and you're going to shower that takes care of that. And however many hundred days we have of rain a year here, that's going to pay That's going to wreak havoc. But if you can get the 10 minute walk and put that 10 minute walk somewhere in your day that, you know, when you're doing it and it's concrete, that's too easy. T 10 minutes is just easy. And if you go for 12 minutes or 15 minutes, great. But the criteria for success is only 10 minutes. And if you can get into that mindset, it's, it's, it can be life-changing. And then once you have the 10-minute period uh, nailed down and you're doing it regularly, you have the option of doing another one. So instead of then doing 10 minutes a day, you're now doing 20. And the easy thing is to bookend your day. So if you start your day and you bookend your day, you know when you're doing both your 10-minute walks. Then once you have that one done, yeah, can add in a third. And now you're doing 30 minutes of physical activity every single day. And so many people aren't meeting the minimums for uh, physical activity recommendations. Then after three, depending on their goals, you can even titrate up further. So you can add a fourth walk, a fifth walk, and a sixth walk, and that's 60 minutes. Or you could do five 12-minute 12, 12 walks or four 15-minute walks or three 20-minute walks. But the longer the walk gets, the less likely it is to be done for a prolonged period of time. Okay. So that's kind of the, that's the concept of the 10-minute walks. 
And if you can get to 30 minutes a day, just three 10 minute walks, that's huge. And people can find 10 minutes three times a day. And if you think about it across the course of the week, that's three and a half hours of cardio. Imagine going on a, tr- a, treadmill, a treadmill for three and a half hours or a I'd bike. Rather stab my eyes out. <laughs> yeah. And that's most people. I probably would do, I wouldn't do three and a half hours, but I do an hour three times and half an hour another time listen to a podcast or something on a bike. No problem. But most people wouldn't want to do that. Um, and it's a way that then gives you back more time for your actual training because then you don't really need to do much of the cardio or as much of the cardio especially if time is very precious to you you mentioned the irish weather there as well so what do you do then if it's raining there is no bad weather just bad clothing or something yeah (laughs) i was hoping that would be your answer yeah there's a scandinavian saying or something and i got crucified for missing uh missing a walk or something one day because i was like i just didn't do it today um because it's raining or it was cold (laughs) everyone's like you've told me for the last 12 months there's no such thing as bad weather just bad clothing i was like yeah fair enough and um, i don't know how many days of rain we have in ireland but you just kind of get wet we have we have to accept all of these that's the other computer um we have to accept trade-offs in for pretty much everything if me choosing to do this podcast means I can't answer that call. That wasn't for me, but I can't answer that call. Me doing this podcast means I can't train now. So if I have a goal, if I just want to be generally fit and healthy, meeting the at least the minimums and exceeding the minimums for physical activity with things like 10-minute walks, that's something you should probably be accepting a trade-off to get a little bit wet because it's only 10 minutes. You can come, in, you can come back. And you're fine. If you've got a good coat on, if you've got, if you have access to waterproofs, if you've got good shoes, you're in the rain for 10 minutes. And you can also, because it's only 10 minutes as well, you can wait for the rain to stop. Like the rain starts and stops all the time. If it's cold, we're kind of screwed. But again, you just wrap up. Yeah, just wrap up. Do you have to go outside to your walks? What have you spent... 10 minutes walking up and down the house. No, I'd say, I would say it's the exact same concept. Yeah. Um, try to make it as easy as possible for people to succeed. Um, and it's like medic, it's like meds or anything like that. You titrate up. So, uh, or tra- it's like training. Um, mm. You progress, you progress that over time so that depending on circumstances for that person, then there's like their criteria for success increases in difficulty because once a challenge gets too easy, it's no longer a challenge and it's not really enjoyable. Yeah, that's very true. If I go in and squat 20 kilo bar, I'm like, Ugh, what so, was that about? <laughs> but if I get someone in on their very first day or it's their first time ever squatting a barbell, that's huge. It's challenging. It's very rewarding. It's fulfilling. And do you get much pushback when you suggest 10 minutes? I have never got as much pushback in my life. And it's funny because there's like an, uh, it's like a graph or Jesus, what's the word? It's like an invert. No, what's the word? Yeah. There's an inverse relationship between how useful something is and the resistance I get. Cause everybody knows what they need to do. They know they need to lift a few weights. 
they're terrified of lifting weights because they've been told that moving X, Y, and Z, X, y, and Z way is bad for them. Um, they think that they need to do special types of cardio because that burns more fat and we need to burn fat. Um, and that they need to spend this amount of time in one go uh, and they need to be sore uh, and it need, you need to work up a sweat and they need to stretch. And they have all these things that they need to do or they've been told they need to do. And there's other things that they need to never do, like flex your spine or whatever it was. But then when you could, you show them the evidence that none of this is true, they're like, they, they can't comprehend it, that you're making it almost too simple. It can't be that simple. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was a very bitter pill for myself to swallow with any of my own training um, that I wasted years, years doing uh, terrible training. And parts of that was uh, targeted conditioning. I'm not going to say conditioning is bad. Conditioning is excellent. Uh, I'm just going to say that I don't do any conditioning personally at all. Zero, zilch, zip. Um, I got all my cardio from steps the last couple of years but I can pick up that stuff very quickly uh, if I want to do it. Um, I, I don't even do very high reps either. And most of the things I do are sets of one. <laughs> so I'm like the laziest person ever. So that's probably actually where the 10 minute walks came from, but it's when someone does it and does it well and other people see it, that, that it gets a bit more buy-in. Like I had a group of women last year and it was like, eight weeks or so um and one of them we were training beforehand and nothing else really changed we incorporated this and another simple strategy which i'll say at the end but she lost how many centimeters is that 15 is it 18 i can't count uh we'll, we'll say it's 15 so it's 15 centimeters she lost off her waist in about eight weeks and she lost eight kilos so a kilo a week. Um, with the 10-minute walks, we also used smaller plates and smaller utensils. And that was kind of it. She lost eight kilos. Something crazy. Like it wasn't a keto crossfit diet. Yeah, and we did very little training. Like we <laughs> we did so little training because she was so busy in work. But we just got three 10-minute walks in a day. I'm pretty sure she was doing three. Um trying to get people to do one and it's the people who need it the most if you get me they'll be like oh i need to do longer than 10 minutes 10 minutes isn't enough and it's then you get the excuses that not the excuses the rationalization it's like how's your steps going and or how's your have you been doing any walking and it's like oh yeah i've done it like three days this week and i was like oh i was like how's that going for you um um, how's that working out for you it's like I'm doing 30 minutes or an hour I was like oh that's great and I was like so what's happening on the days that we can't get it done I was like well if I walk for an hour like I'm covered in sweat man and I'm like how about if we just did like 10 minutes and he's like ah 10 minutes isn't enough like can you give me more training and I'm like I don't think we need more training or can can we do more things uh, like what's what's up with my diet like I'm actually no one's ever actually said that what's up my diet everyone says their diet is good um i eat well that's kind of usually what i hear but it's always not distraction tactics 
it's the bitter pill of becoming more self-aware and that thing in human nature where we are we're really good at self-preservation so we don't want to admit or we don't want to we don't want to have to accept that it was my fault that um i can't do this simple thing or that it can't be it, it can't be that it has to be something it has to be something bigger than that because this thing is causing me so much difficulty in my life or or, or this is a part of me being of this is a part this is a big part of the issues i'm facing um and then we'll start to talk about goals and it's another barrier comes down and it's like what's important to you it's like another barrier comes down and it's it's weird but it's it's very human at the same time so that's the, the resistance in a nutshell i think i get you when you say as well like you know it's not enough but if you can manage say for instance seven ten minute walks versus they say all the the longer walks that you keep missing like if you end up with 70 minutes cardio versus 30 minutes cardio because you could only manage one 30 minute walk in the week like which is better <laughs> I give you yeah. so if we look at that guy and like yeah i put i plucked those figures out of the air out of the sky he probably wasn't as good as three or four days uh, and I, i'm using the word yeah. good very like I'm not saying good or bad nothing is really good or bad and um, he's he's trying like it's clearly important to him he's he's hired a coach um and it it's it's very hard to accept in a sense but if let's say on average he was doing two 30 minute walks a week hmm. by doing one 10 minute walk seven days a week first thing in the morning he would have exceeded that yeah um and after those 30 minute walks i know that he felt it I know because he will talk, he will, he would tell me. Um, and he would be like, I need to change my t-shirt, man. Like stink of sweat. And um, he began taxis places. I'm like, oh, like, but what if we just did like a 10 minute walk? Um, or have you tried a 10 minute walk? And it's like, oh, it's too little. And I'm like, oh, oh okay. <laughs> um, and you can't really, it's very difficult. I think as a coach, to know what to do in that scenario because you when you're dealing with adults you're not their parent you're not their boss they're paying you for a service and it's very you can you can get very frustrated they're getting very frustrated um when this is clearly the the key log, if you will. This is the thing that would make the most difference to them. And communicating that without sounding like a dickhead or a dictator is the hardest thing in the world at times. Yes, communication is very, very important in this line. It's mental. Do you say there's some research as well in regards to step counts now that's coming out? Yeah, I saw something about a week ago how um, the benefits when it came to hitting certain certain um step counts with regards to mortality and um, then there's other research as well with regards to pain and how um just low low level aerobic activity can have an analgesic effect so it can be it can give r- relief to people who are in pain um 
one of the most successful back pain programs I'm pretty sure is exclusively walking for a few months and something to do with like rotating or something or other but it could be just the fact that you're being more physically active um so the recommendations are 150 to 300 minutes of aerobic activity week I'm pretty sure and then it's two resistance training sessions every week I should really know those off my heart I don't Uh, yeah I I know I know the 150 because my Fitbit tells me I'm supposed to have 150 active minutes a week yeah, I have no idea. Like with any of that stuff, I have no wearable tech. <laughs> How do you survive without one? Uh, I use my phone because, like, I like phones have step counts. Yeah, what I use is uh, and there's a great. I I love Google Fit. Um, Google Fit is great because it does a couple of things. Um, you have what's called heart points, so I think that tracks your speed. Okay. Um, so if you're walking a bit faster, you'll get more heart points. I've never used them, but if you wanted to use them, you could use them. You have your step count on it um, and you can see how many steps you've done across the course of the month um, very easily. With your body weight, it gives you a graph of a trend line versus like the up and down that the, that, uh, the iPhone does. Okay. So people start freaking out about their body weight as well. But if they, when they do stuff like that, like you saw what happened to that lady where she lost eight kilos in eight weeks, yeah um like this morning i got up uh weighed myself used the toilet i lost 600 grams i'm like that's a pound yeah most people would freak out be so happy that they've lost a pound i was like "Ah, a pound so like it's weird i think i think the the tldr of it was that there was no upper limit to the to the benefits of increasing your step count yeah but then we also run into like what are what are the practical limitations for it? people with jobs families other hobbies it's just very difficult yeah um, and then you see what we have with the electric scooters so everybody has an electric scooter these days or electric and bikes i thought the electric scooter was bad enough someone went by on a modified electric scooter yesterday, sitting down. I was equally impressed and I don't know what the word is. The short of those uh, little, you know, the ones they have in America. Oh yeah. To be fair, if I had access to one of those, I probably would use it. And when (laughs) I was driving a scooter in Asia, I stopped driving the scooter in Asia because I realized I was going on the scooter absolutely everywhere. And I was like, Ah, that's why most people aren't active. It's because it's too easy to be not active. Yeah. That yeah, that's true though. Like it with them popping up, like you know, hop in the scooter instead of go to the shops, walk down to the shops, like. Yeah, just walk into the shops. If you can give yourself, if you can make the active choice the easy choice, and make being an active a harder choice. The best example for me there is that I literally got rid of my my scooter in Asia because I was like, I'm a lazy piece of shit with this um, <laughs> because it's just too easy and it's fun. Um, so if you can do that, if you can pick activities as well, if you want to do something at the weekend, go for a hike. Like that's four hours, five hours. Yeah. Right. 
that's one thing that always surprises me. Um, I do go hiking. Well, I have gone hiking a little bit recently. And yeah. um, I really love the idea of it. But when it comes to the, like, the hill part, it's when I really, obviously, you are because you're going uphill. But like, yeah. I'm always like, why did I think this is a good idea? And then you get up there and you're like, yes, I am awesome. Look at me on top of this mountain. Yeah. Then you have to go down. And you're like, down's oh, no. not too bad. Like, I know you have what to, you're like, climbing. Huh? It depends on what you're climbing, I suppose. That's true. I did go down a very slippy one recently. But again, I was still like, I'd rather you scoot down on my arse than, <laughs> than have to go uphill. Yeah. The Karen, Karen Tool, I thought that that was going to be easy last year. It's like, we're on the way to do something else. And then it was, we just do Karen Tool. Ah, let's do Karen Tool. It was a great day. <laughs> and within 10 minutes, I was like, what am I doing? Mistake. But it was great. I love us. We've just deviated from everyone go for walks to um, we don't like walking. <laughs> I don't like walking, but I don't dislike walking. I yeah, walk I'm at, not opposed to it. Um, I walk at a ferocious speed as well. Um, anyone who walks with me is like, can you just slow down? Or if someone then, pa- I can't deal with someone passing me out. I went with a buggy almost pa- passing me out yesterday. I was like, I can't do that. <laughs> I just took mm. off again. <laughs> Probably off the problem. I've got little legs, so keeping up with people is difficult. So, just for anyone who's short, when he says seven thousand extra steps a day, you're probably going to get ten thousand er, er, a week. You're probably going to get ten thousand if you're short, like me. It could well be. Well, uh, I do. Do you do you do ten thousand steps in an hour? Yeah. You know. I would roughly. Yeah. I walk so fast as well, and so well, I walk very quickly as well. Like I would walk quick enough, but just shorter steps. I have tiny legs. Yeah. <laughs> So if you were keeping pace with me, I would be covering more ground per step, I suppose. Yeah. Damn it. <laughs> there you go. If you want to make a competition, I'll be sure people who can get more. Um, do you think there's an over-reliance actually on the fitness trackers? 100 percent because it's 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 made the uh it's made it's the rewards of it have been become extrinsic. So they're not. You're not doing it for the sake of walking. You're doing it for a piece of technology to, to give you a well done. Um, I like it for the accountability, but I don't like it for the judgment that you give yourself. Usually when I'm talking to someone about their week, I'm like, so I see that you've done however many thousand steps. They become very defensive. I'm like, I don't really care. It's not like I don't care. It's just like that's happened. It's in the past. I'm here to help you. I'm here to help you make this easier in the future and to make you want to do this and connect that to your values. So if you're being, if you're feeling shame or guilt that you can't reach a step count, that just tells me you're, you, the target is too high right now. It doesn't mean that the target will be too high in the future, but it's too high right now. And if we can knock that down by a thousand steps, 2000 steps, we can just knock it down to what you hit and we can learn to be maybe not happy with it. Um, but not to be cruel to yourself that you haven't hit that magical 10,000 step number. Mm. It's, if you can grow your step count by a thousand steps extra a day, that's 7,000 steps a week. It all adds up. And yeah. if you've got something like, if you use, 
the Google Fit instead of the Google Fit. Oh, I sound like sound like the Google, the YouTube. If you use Google, right Fit, now, yeah, I was I was very culty as well, wasn't it? Um, oh, did a culty say the word culty? Can a culty say the word culty? Um, kind of your word, isn't it? In a sense. Oh, I don't know. Um, <laughs> but Google Fit gives you the total amount of steps across the course of the month, which I think is better as well than maybe the average. I don't know. I'm kind of torn. Torn. I like. I like asking for the minute, the lowest step count and then the average. I don't, uh, I think it's the lowest step count and the average. Um, but I know in May, 2021, I did 417,000 steps. April, I did 470,000, but March, I did 260,000. I'm like, what was it? What did I do in March? It's cold. Uh, <laughs> you need a better jacket. Yeah, probably. But that's it as well. With human behaviors, they don't happen in a vacuum. Yeah. So we really need to give them that place to live in our life. And we need to have a reason to do them. Why would you do it? Why would you do something that's physically demanding? Why would you do something that's energy intensive for the sake of it? Think about it from an evolutionary perspective. It doesn't really make sense for us to to burn calories for the sake of burning calories your body's pretty damn resilient your body doesn't want you to lose weight your body just wants you to survive so if we that's a that's another like lower level reason that i like 10 minute walks over longer walks is because it's so transient it's so short that it barely elevates your heart rate um it's not tiring you're not moving long enough to start really working up a sweat um and if you are working up a sweat at 10 minutes it's probably the perfect form of exercise for you so if you can just do a really low intensity 10 minute walk take a phone call on it listen to a quick podcast listen to some music and just make sure that if you're getting up at 5 a.m you're not listening to like gangster rap at 5 a.m tried that doesn't work i end up doing it by accident most mornings then i end up like putting on classical music or something i like to listen to that gangster at that time in the morning oh it's just or any time of the day really i i'm terrible for listening for that i always listen to it training so if i'm listening to music put on my headphones in the morning i'm like start bopping away and i was like ah this is way too aggressive i get a few minutes into my walk and i'm like why am i getting so worked up i'm just out of bed so then I put on classical music. I come in uh, and then I'm trying to take off my headphones and meditate. But <laughs> my brain does not like that at all. I don't think, I, I think a lot of people's brains don't. Yeah. So I know yours is a bit next level, but we don't dive into that. But <laughs> a yeah. lot of people struggle to calm down and just sit, don't they? I can't sit still. Like my feet are, my feet are moving under the table here. Um, my my knees are moving in and out. Um, I'm a very animated person apparently. Um, but anytime I've done any mindfulness or meditation, everyone says it helps, but it's always made things worse for me. 
because my brain never never slows down or never mind shut off um but that's because i had undiagnosed adhd <laughs> found that out recently so when you were talking about values there you were mentioning values in relation to training and how it starts to become extrinsic extrinsic instead of like intrinsic how do you mean in that sense um so with the they're kind of they're two sides of the same coin kind of like what you value and then your motivations or rewards being internal or external or intrinsic or extrinsic um so with the values it's a tough one to get across to people because it's something we never really explicitly consider. So you can think of like just even being healthy as being a value, um, but being fitter and being healthier, why those are important to you and what they mean. So I can't take any of this um, in a vacuum. So I look at my step count, uh, my general physical activity, my training, my body weight, uh, what I eat. And I kind of look at that all in the context of what I value most in life and what I want to do. So I know that the further I go past 90 kilos, um, the more miserable, for lack of a better word, my life becomes. Things just become more difficult. Um, I once ate my way up to 100 kilos and that everything was just so hard i tried running i almost died um not literally but figuratively yeah, yeah. Uh, i did i did uh experience a lot of shin pain as well running at that body weight when i'm much better suited to being like 80 to 85 naturally yeah. i'm about 80 kilos but i'm around 90 at the minute um 88 90 so with the step count i know if my step count drops that everything becomes a lot more difficult so i associate my step count with being healthy mm -hmm. uh, from both a physical perspective and a mental perspective and part of that physical perspective is going to be body weight so i know if i look at my step count it's been four thousand steps average four thousand steps across the week for a few weeks in a row and then i do a body scan my therapist would be very happy to hear that um if i did a body scan uh i'd be like i don't really feel very good then I'm like, no shit, Sherlock, you're doing 4,000 steps a day when usually you know you're better at above 8,000 steps. Okay. So that's kind of what I mean when I, we connect it to our values. We figure out kind of what, the, what, what that person really wants and what it, what, what's most important for them in their lives and what they like to do physically. Being physically fit and strong, everything becomes easier. If you have to do anything physical, it's just less difficult from a, a relatively speaking when you're fitter healthier and stronger if someone asks me to pick up something oh, that sounds so cliched pick up thing big strong man so <laughs> that's what we I, do we train people to lift heavy things up and put them back down again i know i know so it's still it's still it's still a bit cringy thinking about thinking about <laughs> something like that but if someone asks me to do something physical oh yeah it's grand whatever i don't have to think about it but someone else doing it they might have to think about that they, they might be worried about picking that thing up and i'm like just pick it up i don't have to think about it um being able to keep up being able to be physical <laughs> being able to be independent 
my grandmother lost her independence when she went to the hospital a couple of years ago. Uh, I came home from the Philippines and I was like, oh my God, uh, she's a shallow woman. She's like 90. I forced her to squat. I said, stand up, sit down, stand up, sit down. I was helping her stand up, helping her sit down. Over time, she didn't need any help. I was forcing her to walk around the garden. Might not. It, it did actually take 10 minutes to walk around the garden. So technically, she was doing 10-minute walks. There you um, go. Even now she's she's got most of her independence back mm. in or most of as much of it as she could get back and yeah. the physical activity plays a huge role in that as well and you I actually do think, explained this in um, the first the first episode you actually went in depth of what you did with your granny as well so it did really i can't remember the yeah. first episode yeah. <laughs> um so if we can get if we can get people to value it in terms of just be it's like personal hygiene that's that's a good good mm. um good analogy like you don't just do it for yourself you do it for other people like i don't like i don't just shower for myself like i shower so like people have to smell me don't brush my um, teeth with fun <laughs> yeah stuff like that so if we can flip that mindset that it's something we do and it's part of who we are and we know that it's so important and then we consider the mind body connection why would your why does why would the body why would the brain continue to be healthy if the body is for lack of a better word dying so if i take my grandmother for example there if she's got she's got her brain in a body that's pretty much like wasting away mm. um I think most people, when we get to a certain age, we see, uh, we see this certain, we see cognitive decline with things like Alzheimer's or whatever. So I'm not drawing a connection between both. <laughs> Don't worry. Um, but it can't hurt to be physically capable and just physically capable enough to go to the toilet unaided. Um, before any of that, she couldn't she needed help to get dressed go to the toilet move from the table to the couch uh, and the couch to the table and she like sleep on both but now she's got up by herself left her house which is in the back garden walked across or dressed herself walked across and arrived at the kitchen table in the morning and we're like what where did she come from so she can do all of that and it's a lot less worrying in a sense. She went missing one day as well. Um, my aunt put her in the car um, in the passenger seat and she was like, oh, I'll, uh, I'll just go in there because Nana can't get out of the car and um, I'll do my messages or like pick up something or she had to go in and get her phone. She came back to the car and Nana was gone. <laughs> so Nana was able to get out of the car and go back into her house. And because of some cognitive decline, she probably forgot that why she, why she was in the car. So she just went back into the house. And I remember my aunt ran in. She's like, that is gone. Where is she? <laughs> uh, I never let her live that down. <laughs> she lost her. But you're showing like, you know, that like as well, I think not even just with values, that's also showing that like, say for reason, like the importance of health is different levels for different people as well. Yeah. So for you, it could be hitting... PR as as frequently as possible but for 
your nana it's been able to get out of a car on her own and wander back in the house and <laughs> yeah I don't actually I actually think about those kind of things with my own goals as well and I do find myself stopping when I go too far <laughs> trying to chase performance goals and um, because I know that when I get obsessed with something uh I will do almost anything that's required oh uh, like I remember I got a coach a number of years ago and it took me like eight weeks to tell him that I couldn't do his program he's like why can't you do it and I was like it's taken me three and a half hours it's like five days a week and he was like what do you mean it's taking three and a half hours because he had given me it and he didn't expect me to follow the rest periods and it was very scientific in nature if you get me so for every 10 minute 10 meters sprinted we did a one minute rest so my warm-ups were taking 45 minutes and it was like five by 20 meter sprint mm. like and then it was like depth jumps and it was like you're resting two minutes here as well then he's like oh i want you to increase the load on your power clean uh, on part a power clean b was like squat a squat variation whatever like so you're increasing your load here and here each week and the reps are tapering the, the reps are coming down with the way it's going up mm-hmm. i'm just like like what about rest here? like rest as much as you need to and i was like and i can't do this this is i was going to the gym at 9 a.m yeah. and coming home at 9 p.m because i was working it was i was working from like 1 p.m so i trained from like 9 to 12 30 eat start work and I was just a broken shell of a man after yeah. that but it was just because I got I didn't someone told me that this would help with what I wanted to do at the time mm-hmm. I will just do it I will do it and follow I will follow the plan if it says rest two minutes I'm going to rest at least two minutes if not three uh, unless it's a, a conditioning piece where you you shouldn't rest longer but if more rest is usually better and then I suppose that also shows you the importance of like talking to your coach. Yeah. And it's very, it, I think it's, I think it, one of the hardest things to do is to coach a coach. Yeah. Um, so difficulty, it's difficult coaching a coach and it's also difficult being a client of a coach. Um, and it's also very difficult to coach yourself. Um. Mm-hmm. I have always thought that coaching myself was the hardest thing in the world until the last couple of two years ago, maybe. And now I don't know if I'll get another coach again in this. I'll probably get like some coach in some, some capacity, maybe a nutrition coach or something. I don't know, but physically I'm like, I can't, I can't step away from what I'm doing right now because it's been too productive. Um, Yeah. But coaching coaches is hard. And when you're coaching a coach so I'm trying to put myself in his headspace he knows that I understand most the reasons behind everything and that he's given me any question he's answered any questions I've had so there isn't really as much communication either because he knows that I'm competent he knows that Mm. I move well um and afterwards he was like I've never had anyone do like numbers like that on the Olympic lifts as a a GAA player it's like they weren't even good numbers because I wasn't really like focused on the Olympic list. I just wanted to play football. <laughs> um, but yeah, it explains a lot. And that becomes, that's your blind spot as well. That's my blind spot. When I coach a coach, it's like, uh, he's missed his workout. Uh, do I send him a message? Do it. 
and then we talk about we've we've spoke like with this with this coach for example mm-hmm. we've spoken about like how we speak to clients and all and I was like me going on after him and I'm not using the using techniques or anything but the language I use it kind of seems a bit a bit weird when yeah. I start checking in with him a bit maybe a bit too nice for the relationship we have and finding that balance is really difficult it's like what's up it's like what's up man uh is fine but then it's just like hey uh how are you doing i noticed you missed your workout um just want to check in to see if everything's okay that might not go down as well yeah it's interesting yeah i, I haven't coached any coaches but i can it's hard to uh i suppose like you know when you're a gen- general pop you can kind of be a bit more blunt with them because you're supposed to listen to me but they know what you're talking about you're like um you now what are you asking <laughs> i'm like it's my mom sometimes has a laugh when she hears me talking to the client she's like who who are you because like <laughs> she can't believe that I, I'll, I'll talk to someone as nice and as as uh be as compassionate if you will or as understanding oh, really? I, my, my tone is different <laughs> Just like who is this person? Like, why don't you why why don't you talk to me like that? <laughs> oh. The many, the many different uh versions of us as coaches. Yeah, it's wild. And that's that's probably the hardest. I think that's the hard thing with training. Now that I've I don't think I've I think training was figured out many moons ago for the most part. And it's very simple. There's no real hard or fast rules beyond the principles of like overload and specificity and stuff like that. You can you can do those. You can achieve those things with many different methods. Um, you have that quote about principles and methods. Uh, methods are many, principles are few, or something along those lines. So once you have your training kind of taken care of, and you don't get blinded by the fancy stuff that doesn't really work that's the easy part like yeah. i will sit and i will design training program i would design training programs for free i do and i do often but they never get done because that's the easy part anybody can do it it's the coaching that does it and then it's seeing what happens in those chain in those training sessions and then deciding what the next step is um training is almost like chipping away at a block of marble to make a statue you don't know what it's gonna look like at the end and yeah it just, it's it's one it's one hammer at a time it's bang 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 and it just gradually appears out of nowhere so that's kind of what i would go about with the language thing that that's the hard part and then making people that's it that's a bad way of t- saying as well make people but getting people to trust you and actually facilitating behavior change is the hard part yeah like if i could if i could improve one thing about myself as a coach it'd be communication that's 100 it yeah and that's what i've been trying to focus on in the last number of years actually wearing my uh, art of coaching t-shirt and uh, <laughs> so that's from a, a guy called brett bartholomew he's got a podcast called the art of coaching i'm pretty sure um he was my first he was, I think, my first introduction to this in 2014. He spoke mm-hmm. at a conference in Dublin. I was like, this is awesome. Um, and then since then, I've looked into a lot of psychology stuff. Another guy is Hugh Gilmore. Um, Hugh Gilmore, 
Brett Bartholomew. And there's a couple of other guys that I just can't think of off the top of my head. Um, oh, one of my um, one of my classmates in DCU, Colin Woods, he wrote a book called Taylor Thinkers. He works in PR and his degree was in communications. Like you, you might know Colin Woods, do you? Communications? I think so. Yeah, he probably was in my ear. Yeah. Um, he wrote a book called Taylor Thinkers. Uh, it was a really good book, actually. So I'd say check him out and check that book out. Yeah. <sighs> okay, so I think uh, we have covered most. We have another whole episode we want to talk about on how to enjoy training, but we're how going to actually to... enjoy it. How to like how to? Yeah. It's like how to enjoy training and how to how to be really motivated to like to not like not be able to wait. Like I can't wait until next Friday. I can't wait till Monday because I'm not training again till Monday. I can't wait for Monday. Um, oh, I can't wait for Monday. I can't wait for Tuesday. I can't wait for Wednesday. I can't wait for Thursday. And this has been the theme of my training for the year. I fit yeah. 45 PRs since the start of the year. That's February 11th. That's <laughs> stupid. I don't know how that's possible, but uh, it's made. And there, most of them are real PRs. I never realized that was that much. Um, but it's, we'll give you the TLDR. It's, um, Imagine you're cooking something, you're trying to follow a recipe, and every time you follow the recipe, you go to take the first bite, and it tastes horrible. You're not really going to be motivated to do that over and over and over and over and over again for the rest of your life. Yeah. But that's what we see with um, with people when it comes to their training in the gym. They'll go to classes. Sorry, Billy. Um, they'll um, to go to classes, or they'll just fuck around in the gym, but they never really get to eat the dish that they're preparing each time. And I don't care how enjoyable that is in the moment, that will fade. Um, it fades for everybody because we see it. We don't see people adhering to exercise. That's one of the biggest problems we have, uh, getting or helping people to adhere to exercise long-term. And I think it's a competency issue. Um, so if we can get people competent and display competency, that's enjoyable. If you enjoy something, you want to do it again. If you want to do it again, you do it again. If you do it again, you get better at it. If you get better at it, you enjoy it. And it starts this massive snowball. And then you can also take it to other areas. So like once you get good at something, the hard work really starts because then you have to step away from that because the gains are harder to get. Yeah. Um, or what happens is the second cycle starts. So you have the whole start. episode told before. Yeah. <laughs> and then you start frust- getting frustrated because you're getting evidence for failure so if you fail it's not really nice it's not really nice you're not going to want to do it if you don't want to do it you're eventually not going to do it so that is the longest tdlr before ever yeah they are (laughs) but we are going to come back and we're going to do a a third episode and we are going to talk about how to enjoy training but until then if anyone wants to follow you keen where can where can they find you it is keen zero brian at or on Instagram, Keen Zero O'Brien. Uh, so Keen O'Brien, but the, instead of the O, it's a Z. Or it's a, it's a, it's a kind of, <laughs> it's Keen, Keen O'Brien, but instead of the O, it's a zero. So Keen Zero O'Brien. Yeah, I will tag that in the show notes as well. And as ever, guys, you can find me on Instagram and TikTok. It's Chrissy H Fitness. And my website is www.chrissyhalkins.com. So thanks again for joining us, Keen. Looking forward Perfect. to the Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> and thanks everyone for listening. Thank you again for listening to the Why Not Podcast. It really means a lot that you are listening in and I would love if you could please leave a review on Apple Podcasts or subscribe on Spotify. And always, I'd love to hear feedback personally. So if you do want to 
leave me a message and let me know how you found the podcast please do